teaching in your 20s. Do I really know what I'm doing? Am I making a difference? How do I find the perfect work-life balance? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Teaching in Your 20s podcast. I am your host, Christina Himmelhoe. Thank you so much for choosing to listen today. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about a hot, hot topic contract hours. More specifically, how to stick to contract hours and avoid working overtime. There is so, so, so much buzz around this topic in the teaching community because it is something necessary for our mental health but extremely difficult to accomplish. When you go into your first year teaching, people will tell you that it is the hardest year as a teacher. I would have to agree. I think that the boundaries that you set for yourself are crucial at this time period because it is when you start to build habits as a teacher that you will carry with you your entire teaching career. It's really hard to break bad habits, as we all know, and that's why I think it is so important to try the best you can to start off with healthy habits that will help you achieve a work-life balance that works for you. This is going to look different for everybody just because each person is going to have a different idea of work-life balance. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking more about my point of view and how I decided to stick to contract hours. And for me, I ideally wanted to get to a point where I would be able to only stick to contract hours and never have to do extra work. That's what my mindset was when I was going into teaching because I had heard so many people tell me how difficult it was to stick to contract hours and I'd heard a lot of stories of teachers who would stay after work until like 5 or 6 p.m., bring work home, be grading at home, and I did not want to be that teacher. I wanted to have a good work-life balance and I wanted to be able to balance my life outside of the classroom as well as inside of the classroom. And This was definitely so unrealistic for me as a first-year teacher wanting to only work the hours that you are at school because if you're a teacher, you know that we barely have enough time for planning. And especially if you're going into your first year, you just have so much extra work than let's say a teacher who's been teaching the same grade level for 10 years. Like I said, it was really unrealistic for me to have that mentality, I think. And at some point I felt like on Sundays, I actually enjoyed looking ahead for the week and making sure that I was prepared for class on Monday and had my head wrapped around everything that I would be teaching that week. It would actually cause me more stress and anxiety if I did not look at least at my planner for the upcoming week on a Sunday. I completely understand why people do not want to be working when we don't get paid overtime or extra for putting an extra time outside of the classroom. However, for me, this wasn't going to happen. And like I said, it's going to look different for every single person. So take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. If you don't want to work at all on the weekends, you'll have to figure out a different strategy. But this is what worked for me and what kept me sane, what kept me relaxed, and what kept me with the least amount of anxiety, which is why I felt like I needed my Sundays or a Saturday just to at least look at my calendar. I think this is especially true for first-year teachers, and since I was at the beginning of my first year teaching, I wasn't able to never work outside of contract hours. I think that's unrealistic, just given the amount of work that we have to do, and I think that in a lot of professions, you're working outside of the hours that you're supposed to be. I have a friend who I actually just talked to her like the other day on the phone, and she was telling me how sometimes she does have to end up doing work outside of the hours that you're given and I feel like maybe that's just a part of life. Basically, as teachers, we want to limit the amount of time that we're spending outside of the classroom. Throughout this episode, I want to share tips just as to how I managed to stay as close to contract hours as possible in a way that allowed me to be less stressed, have enough time for myself, but still feel like I was doing everything I could to be the best teacher possible. The first tip I have is to get as organized as humanly possible. This does not mean that you need to be the type A teacher whose classroom is spotless. 
that's really not what I'm talking about because I definitely am not a type A teacher by any means. And instead of trying to be someone that you aren't, find a system that works for you. For me, I decided to go old school and invest in a nice teacher planner to help me stay organized. The one that I have is from a company called Happy Planner, and they have templates specifically curated for teachers. And I actually just uploaded a video on my YouTube channel about kindergarten teacher essentials, and I talk about that planner in there. So if you want to kind of get more information about that, go ahead and check out my YouTube channel as well. With this planner, there was even a spot at the back of the planner where I could keep grades, random notes, and important information that I needed. Now, if you're the type of person that loves to have a digital calendar, just stick with that. There's no need to change, but you definitely need some sort of planner if you're going to survive. Along with having a planner, I made sure that all my teacher editions were in an easily accessible place for me to refer to when I was in a rush, which it felt like I was 90% of the time. Again, if you prefer the digital version, bookmark it so that it's super easy to access and you can get to it whenever you need it. Now, I want to dedicate a whole episode to lesson planning tips that I have, so I'll focus on the organizational aspect right now, which really contributed to my ability to stick pretty close to contract hours, like I said, besides that little Sunday refresh. My teacher editions were right next to my desk that had my big desktop like computer so that I could work on lesson plans in one spot and just reach to the cabinet to access the subject area that I was focusing on as I lesson planned. I also wanted to keep them in the front of the room to refer to as I was teaching in real time. Yes, I was definitely the teacher holding my big teacher edition book while teaching phonics lessons sometimes. You never know when you're going to get caught up and not know the answer to a specific question a student may have or forget where you were in your lesson. Trust me, it will happen and you want to be prepared, so keep those teacher additions close by. Lesson planning is not the only thing that us teachers have to worry about, as I am sure you're aware of. There's so much else that has to fit into our daily schedule, like checking our email, making copies of material, communicating with parents, collaborating with our grade level team, putting grades in, and conferencing with students. And there are probably so many other things that I am forgetting about right now, but as far as staying organized with what feels like a million things happening at a time, having a system for each thing will be so crucial in sticking to contract hours. For example, for me, my system, I made sure that the first thing I did when I got into my classroom after setting down my lunch, all of my teacher essentials, I would open my planner, I would sit at my desk, and I would check my emails. So I was making sure that I was checking my email every morning at the beginning of my planning period and right before I left for the day. Regarding communication, our school used Class Dojo, which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with, and that made it super, super easy to stay on top of things and for me to respond to parents' concerns very quickly. Actually, the Class Dojo app is the only thing that I actually had downloaded on my phone that I would get notifications on. Like, I did not. I was not one of those teachers that had my email on my phone. Like, I just did not want to be worried about school stuff outside of the time that I was spending in the classroom. Um, so, but having Class Dojo on my phone just made it, like, so, so, so easy. And I didn't find myself, like, checking it a lot or stressing about it. Um, so having it on my phone was fine for me. I also sent home a newsletter each month, but again, find what works for you and run with it. There are so, so, so many resources out there to stay organized and just find something that you love. Maybe it's something you've been using for a long time and just continue using it. Moral of the story, it will be a lot of trial and error at the beginning of the year, 
But once you find your particular system and rhythm, you will feel so much better and it will be so much easier to stick to contract hours. The second tip I have to stay as close to contract hours as possible is to have boundaries. This can take a lot of different forms and we can touch on a lot of different aspects of setting boundaries as a teacher. The first one that comes to my mind has to do with parent communication. So like I talked about having the class dojo on my phone, make sure that you set a time for yourself where you say, okay, I will not look at class dojo or emails past, I don't know, maybe like six o'clock, past like a set hour. Now this has to work with your own schedule and stress levels. The anxiety, like I said, that each different person has, I think it really has to work with that. Like if you're the type of person that you need to check it every day, make sure you're checking it every day so that you're not stressing about missing something. If it feels like too much at the beginning of the year to say that you will never reply to a message after school hours, then don't. That is so fine. Set a time, like I said, maybe 6 p.m. or something that works with you that will alleviate your stress but also not have you up until 10 p.m. talking with parents. Obviously, this is not going to stop parents from messaging you, but it will allow you to say to yourself, I've created this boundary and I will respond tomorrow morning when I am checking my email. Another example of a boundary would be allowing yourself to say no to taking on extra tasks that take up more time and energy than you have to give. It will be hard to say no at first, especially if you fall into the people-pleasing track like I definitely have, but with practice, it will become easier. At my school, we had a kind of like a a parent information night where we talked in detail about the curriculum that we were giving. One person from our kindergarten team had to be in charge of that and go to this event that night. It was probably from like 5.30 to 6.30. As a first year teacher, I definitely would pull like the, oh, I'm the first year teacher card. Like, I'm not going to do this. That's how I would set that boundary. And I think that a lot of people on my team understood that and didn't expect the first year teacher to do that. So you shouldn't have to worry that much about people asking you to do extra things outside of school. But if you do, Make sure that you try your best to stay no and stick with it so that you have the energy to give back to yourself and just be able to survive that first year and stick to your contract hours. Okay, now my third tip is to stick to the curriculum that you are given. I feel like this is the biggest tip that I have that I wish I would have given to myself. Like if I could go back and tell myself one thing going into my first year or two things, it would probably be don't spend money on extra things like random things like games and whatnot. And two, stick to the curriculum and do not worry about doing all of these crazy fun things that we see on social media. My Instagram and TikTok are full of teachers sharing the strategies they are using in their classrooms, cute decorations, elaborate activities, and so on. Don't get me wrong, I think it's so, so, so wonderful that we have that community and those resources so easily accessible but it can get super overwhelming so easily. I don't want any beginning teacher to ever feel like they have to be spending hours preparing these activities that we see on Instagram in order to be a good teacher. Trust me, you will be a good teacher just by sticking to the curriculum that our districts provide us with. They are full of step-by-step -step explanations on how to differentiate for a specific lesson, what higher order thinking questions to ask students, how to get students engaged, and extra extension activities. Use those resources and please, please, please do not try to reinvent the wheel. This will take up so much of your energy and there is no way that you'll be able to stick to contract hours if on top of using and learning how to implement the curriculum, you're also spending hours trying to find a cute activity on teacher pay teachers. This is no way me hating on teacher pay teachers. I have used it before and I will continue using it in the future. But my motto is always going to be stick to the curriculum and when you have time and most importantly, the energy to do so, 
pull those super fun and cute activities from whatever platform you so desire. But we cannot do it all as teachers if we want to have a life outside of the classroom. The fourth tip I have is to ask for help and resources from your peers. This one is pretty straightforward and logical, but I wanted to mention it because I sometimes found it hard to ask for help because I definitely can tend to be stubborn and want to figure things out on my own. It's not that you are not capable of figuring things out on your own. It is just that you will benefit and save so much time by relying on your grade level team. The odds are that they have been doing this job much longer than you and have resources that they would happily share with you to help make your life just a little bit easier. And I just want to mention, if you're going into your first year and you've met your grade level team and maybe... They aren't being super eager to share things with you. Maybe find one thing that you have that you want to share with them just to get that ball rolling of like, hey, I want to collaborate. I want to make this a team effort. I want to make our lives just that much easier. And by you taking that initiative to share a resource with another teacher, it most likely will make them more likely to stop by your room one random day and be like, hey, like I'm doing this with my kids next week. Just thought you might want to have it. Um, so that would be a tip that I would have if it seems like maybe your team isn't sharing as many things. And the fifth and final tip I have for today's episode is to make a mega to-do list and focus on one task at a time. I found that it was really helpful for me to frequently do something called a brain dump. I'm sure we all know this. And it's basically when you write down all of the things that you need to get done or tasks that you want to finish. You write them in no particular order and it doesn't even have to be in a list format. The point of this is just to get everything out of your head and onto paper to help clear your brain and let you breathe just a little bit. This is crucial for teachers, especially because we are constantly thinking of a million things at once. Did I make copies of that worksheet for this afternoon? Did I respond to that parent that asked me to send them more information about their child's progress in my class? Are the pencils sharpened? And so on. By doing a brain dump, you can clear up room in your brain to actually get things done. After doing this said brain dump is where you can really organize your to-do list. This is where I would create a personalized to-do list and I definitely did go a little bit crazy and I actually had this color coded, but you don't have to go down that route. But like I said, for me, it worked super well. So for example, I'd write down all my things. Maybe I'd have like 10 things on my list and I would highlight the things that had to get done that day in orange, the things that had to get done by the end of the week in pink, and the things that had to get done by the end of the month in green. That made it so, so easy for me to quickly look at my list and see exactly what I needed to get done and focus on one task at a time. It is such a great strategy for productivity and worked really well for me, so I hope it can help some of you out there who might be struggling with sticking to contract hours. It makes it so that as long as you get things done for that day, you can go home with peace of mind that the other things on your list will get done. Because if you're a teacher and you've already started teaching, you will know that the to-do list is literally never ending. I don't think there was ever a point during the year where I had everything checked off my to-do list. I mean, except for like the very, very last day of school, obviously, but I'm talking about during the school year. And having this set, it, it almost helped as a boundary of like, okay, as long as I get the things done that I set for this day, I can leave and I know that somehow, somewhere, all of the other things will get done. When it comes to truly sticking to contract hours, I really believe that you have to have a lot of practice with letting little things go, not stressing over things you can't control, and setting realistic boundaries with yourself. I hope you were able to take at least one piece of advice from this video and apply it to your life to help you get 
even just 10 minutes closer to sticking to contract hours. There is so, so, so much more to life than just the work we do, but as teachers, I know that we all want to do the best job we can do. Just remember to prioritize yourself and truly take care of yourself in the way that you need, and trust that everything will fall into place. When you start taking care of yourself and making time to fill your own cup, you will be able to show up better than you could have imagined for your students. That is all for this week's episode. I want to thank you all so much for choosing to listen today and make sure to give the podcast a rating and leave a review. I make sure to read all of them, so if there's something you would like to request, don't hesitate to send it in. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, all under the handle Christina Himmelho. I also have a separate Instagram for the podcast called Teaching in Your 20s, and have an amazing amazing rest of your day and I will talk to you guys in next week's episode of Teaching in Your 20s.